It's not about being perfect. It's not about trying to be something you can't be. But it's understanding that the magic of time means that small little tweaks, small little micro moments of positivity, micro moments of movement, micro commitments of of self-care to yourself each and every day really do compound over time. I'm Dr. Mark Rowe and welcome to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. As a family physician, my expertise is supporting people in the areas of positive health and lifestyle medicine. Join me in conversations that share life lessons, health habits and leadership practices, focusing on positive psychology, lifestyle medicine and ways that enable you to live with more vitality on purpose. Appreciating that when it comes to your vitality, that everything is so interconnected. Episodes will air weekly and you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, on my website, drmarkrow.com. As a practicing family doctor with expertise in lifestyle as medicine, my purpose is to encourage and support you in terms of positive health, personal growth and all things well-being. As I say, to never stop starting. Each month on a live webinar, I teach learning by doing and learning by being. The why and the how of health enhancing habits, giving you the science as well as support strategies to live with more vitality. I'd like to invite you to join my self-development club. To learn more and to sign up, visit drmarkrow.com. Now, my next guest, GP Dr. Mark Rowe, joined me on the show a couple of months back to talk about his book, The Vitality Mark. We spoke of his own work, his burnout, which led him to look beyond the usual focus of medicine to heal symptoms. And you can listen back to that in the podcast section at Newstalk.com. There's lots of interesting stuff in that chat about our biological age and our chronological age, what vitality should feel like. But we only got to touch on lifestyle medicine, what it is and how to introduce it into your life. So as he was in Dublin, I've invited him in once more. Mark, you are very welcome. I'm delighted to be here, Claire. So what is lifestyle medicine then? Lifestyle medicine is this very new but very old idea that our lifestyle habits can make a real difference to how we think, to how we feel to how we act, perform and behave each and every day. I mean, it goes back to Socrates, the father of medicine in philosophy 2000 years ago. He said, you know, know yourself. Hippocrates said, if you're in a bad mood, go for a walk. If you're still in a bad mood, go for another walk. So lifestyle as medicine is really taking all the wonderful science because as a GP, I'm a scientist, so I respect the evidence. And there's a growing body of evidence now that shows that significant positive changes be it in your exercise and movement habits, be it in the quality of your nutrition, your sleep, your ability to recharge from stress, build strong, supportive relationships can make a big difference to your health span, which is the number of years you live healthily on this beautiful planet and maybe even to your lifespan. And not only that, research is finding that lifestyle as medicine is not only a very effective way to support people who have chronic health conditions, it can become an effective treatment in its own right. And even in some cases, it can reverse conditions. There's growing evidence now that lifestyle as medicine can reverse heart disease, can reverse diabetes. Now, I'm not for a second telling anybody ditch the pills, but what I'm saying is it's the best of both and it's the best of conventional medicine prescribed by your doctor and the best of the lifestyle habits you can cultivate each and every day. And it can really make a huge difference. Because we need both, don't we? Because sometimes I think there's a battle 
against both um, and you're living proof that they do go hand in hand. We do have the science, we do have the pharma and it's been saving people's lives but there's no point in just writing a prescription with people well, and not asking what else is going on in your life aside from these symptoms or that could be aggravating or causing these symptoms. I had a fascinating, very short conversation just out in the coffee area and we were just sharing this idea that the more tools you have in the toolkit to support people, the better. Because we are all unique. Our thumbprint is unique to us. There is no one size fits all. And what works for one person won't work for someone else. So the more ideas that you can give people to support them in what I say becoming active participants in their own well-being. What I mean by that is be able to take ownership, to be empowered with enough knowledge and, and skills to take ownership of your own health and well-being journey. Uh, as opposed to simply being a passive consumer of, of healthcare that you can take ownership. And that's a very empowering idea. The idea that we can choose, that we can choose habits that are more health enhancing than health depleting. And it's not about being perfect. It's not about trying to be something you can't be. But it's understanding that the magic of time means that small little tweaks, small little micro moments of positivity, micro moments of movement, micro commitments of, of self-care, to yourself each and every day really do compound over time. But it does feel like harder work. I mean, I know I've rocked up to my GP looking for this magic pill that's going to give me boundless energy to make Mm. sure you're hitting all your nutrition, to make sure you're getting that good night's sleep and managing your stress. It actually takes more effort than just downing a pill with a glass of water, doesn't it? It takes a lot more effort than downing a pill with a glass of water. You know, I think, Claire, there's nothing like starting. I mean, it's, it sounds so obvious and really it is. But I mean, the obvious things aren't always so obvious because we all have blind spots. Accept the reality of where you are right now, you know, and accept the reality of who you are, warts and all, being perfect in your imperfections. And that becomes your starting point uh, to move forward. And you can look at the various aspects of your of your well-being and you can, there's many scoring systems like my own little vitality mark. But it's, it's about assessing where you are right now in terms of your sleep, in terms of your well-being, in terms of your mood. And then, you know, simply starting, picking something, one aspect of one area that you might like to work on. Maybe it's your relationship. So many people are disconnected and suffering from loneliness after lockdown. Maybe it's reconnecting with an old friend, meeting someone for a cup of coffee. That's a start. Maybe it's committing to be nicer to yourself, to be kinder to yourself, to quieten that inner critic, to stop judging yourself so harshly. Because sometimes... With all that's going on in the world right now, there's a lot of people that are struggling, whether it's with stress or struggling with um, the cost of living and struggling with all the distraction in the world, as it were. And um, sometimes just, as I say, staying in contention is good enough and to acknowledge yourself. But if there is something you want to start, I mean, it's it's about accepting the reality of where you are and then asking yourself two, two or three really interesting questions. Firstly, how important is it for you to make this change? How important is it for Claire to take more exercise, to be kinder to herself, to sleep more, to deal more effectively with stress? So we kind of say, you know, you need to be kind of giving yourself a 7 out of 10 on the importance scale before Claire is going to decide it's important enough for her to take action. And learning more about it, that's why I wrote my Vitality Mark book, learning more about the science is a great way to understand why this might be important for you in terms of improving how you feel in terms of your health. Secondly, how confident are you that you can make the change? How confident are you that you can be nicer to yourself? How confident are you that you can move more? How confident are you that you can 
improve your sleep. So th- this means you need a strategy. Again, if, if you're not seven out of 10, it's unlikely to be successful. So you need a strategy. Maybe you need people that are going to support you. But most definitely you need a plan because there's a big gap. I call it the intention gap between, you know, what we like to do perhaps and what we actually do do. And yeah. that's that's where we all slip up and that's where we all fall down because the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak, as they say, because, you know, there, there is that gap for all of us. So having a plan. And then the third question, I think this is a great little question. What's the smallest step Claire could take today that if she took it, would provide her with evidence that she was moving forward on her well-being journey? So I'm not asking you to climb Kilimanjaro. I'm asking you what's the smallest step you can take because it all starts with that first step and you've got to celebrate success. And I think we get stuck in a rut, don't we? We get mm. stuck in a in a comfort zone of the same old, same old, oh, and even yeah. if it's not serving us. We don't like change. We don't really like change. And I think with the health message, we just keep getting, my previous guest was Carly Keegan, who had a life of, of dieting cycles. And that's where we're sent on health the whole time. Mm. Eat less, move more. And we go straight to the restriction and the Kilimanjaro. And that just seems like a lot. Whereas people forget, mm. pick up the phone to an old friend, say, Absolutely. do you want to meet for a coffee? That's health and wellness. Just walk around the block after one work task take in the trees, come back, sit down. It doesn't have to be hugely transformative. It's really small. And if you did that every day, where would you be in six months? Where There's would you some be really interesting things about, you're dead right. There's some really interesting things about change. Firstly, change starts twice. Firstly, it starts on the inside with our thinking and with how we feel before any change manifests on the outside. So that's the first thing to say. You're dead right. We, we, we don't only don't like change, we resist it. We actively resist change. Your brain is hardwired for survival homeostasis, which is this very, very complex biochemical system, millions of neurochemicals and cells all balancing against each other all the time to keep us in a state of balance. But in other words, to keep clear exactly where she is right now. So you really don't want to change. And one of the great ironies, of course, is that we're constantly changing. You know, your blood cells change every four months, your skin cells change every maybe 30 days, even 10% of your bone cells change each year. So change is the only constant, but but actually at a psychological level, we do resist change. And as you said, then it's often about, you know, running towards things that are negatively framed. This whole quest of dieting, denial, repression. And of course, if you, you might outrun what's running beside you. This is an old African proverb. You might outrun what's running beside you, but you'll never outrun what's running inside of you. And if you're running away from something, it means something is chasing you. So that's one of the really interesting ideas about how you can bring positive psychology in with lifestyle as medicine to frame things positively. I am going to be kinder to myself. I'm going to give myself more sleep. I'm going to move more. Framing these things positive, these are things you're moving towards. There is no necessary end point as opposed to I'm going to stop eating crisps. I'm going to stop eating chocolate because when your willpower is down, all your brain will think about is crisps or chocolate. Yeah, and they're not the problem. It's no. why you're leaning for them. That is, and once exactly. you kind of have a look at that. Can we talk about stress management then? Because I think it's so wide and varied and everyone starts or most people start every week and go, this is going to be different. I mean, I do it myself. And life just starts to whir around you um, and the demands on our time, on our attention is everywhere. So, Where do people start with managing their own stress? It's a great question. 
and there's so many ways to answer it. But I would say this, stress is neither good nor bad. Um, stress is an inbuilt mechanism to enable us to fight or flight, to, to survive, to thrive in the world. But when stress exceeds a tipping point, you go into kind of negative or toxic stress territory. And that's when it can be very corrosive because all those stress hormones like cortisol um, cause cellular inflammation and, you know, make us feel very irritable and can be very damaging for our long term health and well-being. So really, it's all about how do we recharge from stress? And I think it starts, you know, the night before. It starts with getting a good night's sleep. People really still underestimate how important quality and quantity sleep is. And if you're not getting enough sleep, your amygdala, which is like the red button for the stress response, would be on. And now you're hardwired for negativity and hardwired for irritability. Um, So leaving your phone downstairs, uh, I have my traffic light system for mobile phones clear. Green, orange and red. Green, unlimited up to six in the evening. Orange, six to nine thirty, you know, or so. Be careful. Minimise. And after 9.30, red zone, off the phone. Leave, plug the phone into a docking station. Don't bring your phone into the bedroom because the blue light really does have a corrosive effect on your melatonin and your sleep quality. So I think it starts last night in terms of how you're embracing stress today. And I have, I think starting your day well is, is a great, too small anahibra as we say in Irish, but, you know, starting well, it just helps to really frame the day. You might start the day with a little bit of exercise, if you can manage that, if you're multitasking at home, maybe you can you can do even five or ten minutes of, 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 of squats or star jumps or whatever. Uh, you might meditate in the morning. Some people like that. Some people like to write in a journal. All these things can be really good. One little thing I have that I recommend is, is just a little written exercise I call GLAD. Gee, what am I grateful for today? Three things I feel genuinely good about. It's a wonderful way to frame your heart and mind towards abundance, towards appreciation, towards positivity. And it's a great way to dissolve feelings of toxic stress and anxiety. So it just gets your, reframes you into that more positive mindset. What am I grateful for? And of course, there is so much to be grateful for. I mean, you know, just waking up to the day ahead in itself is a gift and we forget. Absolutely. Oh my God. It's so humbling for me as a doctor to really appreciate what a gift life is. Uh, L, what am I going to let go of today? What little niggle, what little thing that's been irritating me or biting away at me, nipping away there, am I just going to let go of? Because I can. Because as we said earlier, I've got the power to choose. Uh, A is appreciation. Who can I extra appreciate today? Who who in my life can I appreciate? And then D is, is your dedicated focus. What are the top two or three projects I'm going to dedicate my time to? What are the top things going on, whether it's in my work or in my family or in my health, what are, what are my two, top two or three things? So that when I get to the end of the day, of course it's not going to be a perfect day, stuff happens, but it will have been a good enough day. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, uh, and you that's know. what's so important about health and wellness. It's, it's, it's individual to each individual. What's joy for you is not joy for me. That's what's it. health for you is not health for me. What's stress for you is not stress for me. And I think it's such amazing work you're doing because you are a medical doctor prescribing mm. prescriptions every day and you're also prescribing get out and find some joy. And I think that is the health message. Well, people can find out more at drmarkrow.com. Dr. Mark Rowe, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Claire. Thank you for listening to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. For further resources to support you to live with more vitality, please visit my website, drmarkrow.com. Listener.